May we hear with our ears what is auspicious. May we see with our eyes what is auspicious. While praying with steady limbs, may we attain the lifespan allotted to us. May Indra bestow well-being on us. May Pushan, the God of the earth, who is all-knowing, bestow well-being on us. May Garura, the destroyer of evil, bestow well-being on us. May Brihaspati also bestow well-being on us. Om Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. In the last class, we started the first chapter of the second part of Mundaka Upanishad. We were studying the first and the second mantra of the first chapter of the second part of Mundaka Upanishad, where we find the discussion starts with that absolute reality which Shonaka asked Angirasa. So about that, the first mantra speaks of the Saguna aspect. That in Vedanta, in the Upanishads, the idea is the absolute non-dual reality because of ignorance, because of Maya, appears as the cosmic mind, the Hiranyagarbha, the cosmic mind, which has attributes. The Nirguna, the, the one which is beyond attributes, appears as the cosmic mind. And from that, the entire universe has emanated. So as per the cosmic mind is concerned, from there as if there is parts, from it, all the universe has came out. But from the Nirguna aspect, it is beyond any as such question of having parts. Because the thing which has no attributes cannot be in any way divided. It is a non-dual conscious entity. So the first mantra, just we have a, let us have a very short, quick recapitulation. With the help of a simile, they try to explain the Saguna Brahma from which the entire creation has came out just the way from the blazing fire, the sparks are the shooting forth, the spark shoots forth. So, yatha sudiptat pavakat visvilungaha tat etab satyam, that is the truth. But yatha sudiptat pavakat visvilungaha sahasrashaha prabhavante sarupaha tatha aksharat vividha somya bhava prajayante tatracha. Eva apiyanti. Yatha sudiptat pavakat visfulingaha. Sudiptat pavakat. The blazing fire. Sudipta means blazing. Pavaka is a fire. Visfulinga, the sparks. Just the way the sparks, which are essentially similar to that blazing fire. That's the whole, this is a part. But essentially they are the same. Essentially they are akin. So they fly forth by thousands. Sahasrasha. Prabhavante Sarupa. That Sarupa means they are essentially the same. As per the essence is concerned, they are the same. And they fly off. They shoot off in thousands. Which speaks of the innumerable jivas which come out of the cosmic mind. 
तथा अक्षरात् विविध सौम्य भाव प्रजाते त्र अपीयती सो इन फ्रॉम हिम फ्रॉम दैट हिरण्य गर्भ एंटायर क्रिएशन कम्स आउट इमेनेट्स एंड अगेन इट रिटर्न बैक टू हिम इट मर्जेज इन टू हिम दैट्स वर्ड द मीनिंग ऑफ द वर्ड अपीयती प्रजाते मीन्स शूट्स फॉर्थ इमर्जेस त्र फ्रॉम देयर एंड मॉडर्न डेज टू अंडरस्टैंड दिस मंत्रज बिकम वेरी इजी विदेल्प ऑफ द contemporary discoveries so if we say that the cosmic mind is just like the blazing fire and the sparks are the jeevas we sometimes feel uh, the idea is not very clear even with that example now we know that the mind is non local now let us try to have this example that we last class we also were resorting to that just at present when you are sitting and listening to the class in your home in the in what you say in the atmosphere in the room itself there are so many different electromagnetic radiations of various vibrations through the zoom link only to a particular electromagnetic vibration you are relating to but the collective is the conglomeration is the of all the electromagnetic vibration as you are not tuned to the others you are just listening this class but the others are there so the collective mind is actually the storehouse of all the informations we as per our temperament as per our likings and dislikings our biases as per our sanskaras the latent impressions we tend to download only particular aspect of that collective information and that constitutes my personality so now you will understand when the question of the cosmic mind comes the question of whole and part do come into being but the one who is beyond the cosmic mind as in the last class we were giving that example that to transmit something i have to connect my appliances my laptop with the the i have to plug into the electric the source the electric current that electric current itself is being converted into the electromagnetic waves which are being radiated and for receiving you also need your laptop connected to the the source of the current and it is the same source of the current which is decoding and in this what what the message has been encoded as the electromagnetic transmission is being decoded by your appliance which you are using so what's the common thing the electric current the bias voltage which which i am connected is the same bias voltage with which you are also connected so that is the nirguna aspect that that itself is getting transformed into the electromagnetic radiations so as the bias voltage it is like nirguna it has no attributes it is same the same bias voltage which i am using the same bias voltage you are using there is no difference in it it is just the one and the same but it takes multifarious forms in the form of so many bandwidths of electromagnetic radiations and that constitutes the cosmic mind so the cosmic mind do have parts so when we speak of parts it is the saguna brahman the cosmic mind the saguna brahman when brahman through 
ignorance appears as the cosmic mind, then the question of whole and part comes. The next sloka speaks of the source, the ultimate source behind the entire existence, the Nirguna Brahman. So what's that? That is the thing which is Amurta, Divya, that is self-luminous. That's the ultimate source from which all the creation has came out. But it is Amurta, it is formless. Just the way here, the bias voltage which I am using has no form, it is Amurta. We are just giving an example to understand that the electric voltage is not the consciousness. Just the way they hear the blazing fire has been taken as the example, we are taking electric current as an example. It has no form, but the moment uh, it is transmitted as the electromagnetic wave, it has a form, it has a particular bandwidth, it has particular informations encoded in it. So it has form, but as the bias voltage, it has no form. So the ultimate source in association with which the entire creation comes out. So that's the ultimate source is Amurta, is formless. It is within and without. It is pervading the entire creation. The prana, the vital and this energy, the mind, everything is something which is the aspect of the Saguna Brahma. The Nirguna Brahma is beyond any such uh, expression of energy, expression of prana speaks of the energy, mana speaks of the information. So beyond energy, beyond information, just a prana. Even in the last class, we were giving an example. It is from here through remote control, we can make a land rover move around in Mars. So it is the same when the mind comes into picture, then from that the prana, the energy can evolve from that, uh, from the mind. But as the conscious principle, it is beyond prana, beyond, it is only through ignorance that people assert the Atman with the different bodies and believe it to possess prana, mind and senses. But the prana, mind and senses do not inherit Atman. It is beyond that. It is shubra, pure. In no way it is tarnished. It is just in its original form without being any way adulterated. Aksharat parata para. Aksharat. There is no deformation in it. It was never born. It is never going to die. There is no transformation in it even while it is existing. There is no sharavikara. Paratah para. This paratah para is important. That, that, that ultimate reality which is formless is something which is higher than the supreme imperishable. In the previous mantra, the cosmic mind which has been spoken of, that is the supreme imperishable. This Nirguna Brahman is higher than that. Aksharat paratah para. Because of that, the cosmic mind is because of the bias voltage, your appliance gets activated. Without the bias voltage, nothing can happen. So that's, that's the ultimate source because of which the entire creation is possible. So it is higher than the cosmic mind, the supreme imperishable, aksharat paratah para. So these are the two mantras which we were studying in the last class in details. The third mantra speaks of the sequence in which the ultimate conscious principles finds expression as the individual being. That each and every individual being behind that, the consciousness is there. How that consciousness is finding expression as the jiva, as the individual being is being uh, explained in the third mantra. So let us read the third, mantra, the third mantra and then we will go to the discussion. In the third mantra is very important because the, the process of evolution 
as has been described in Vedanta, we find the explanation of that is in this third mantra. So let us read and then we will go to the discussion. Etasmat Jayate Pranaha Manaha Sarvendriyanicha Khang Vayu Jyoti Apaha Prithivi Vishwasya Dharini Etasmat Jayate The one which is a prana, which is a mana, as has been spoken of in the previous mantra. From that, the prana, the vital forces, mana, the mind, sarvendriyani, all the senses that emanates. Not only that, the entire creation, which is nothing but the conglomeration of the five uh, subtle elements, panchikrita, khang vayu jyoti apa prithivi. So the khang speaks of akasha, vayu, the year, the space, the year, jyoti, the fire or the light, apa, is water, prithivi, earth. These are the five elements which constitutes the entire creation. These five elements are the five senses. What the five senses see is being indicated by this five, is, is signified with these five elements. Khang. Khang means space. Because of space we can hear. If you close the ears, there's, you plug your ears, you cannot hear. That space is required for hearing. So the space has is directly involved in hearing. Vayu, the touch. Jyoti, the light. Apa, the light speaks of eyes. Vayu speaks of the touch. Apa speaks of the taste. Unless your tongue is salivated, you can never taste anything. If the, tri- the tongue is dry, you cannot taste. So Apa, fluid, the saliva, the water, that is a direct thing which is responsible for the test. Prithivi is the smell. Unless the tanmat, the subatomic particles of the thing which you are smelling of the flower, if the pollens of the flower is not scattered, I can never smell. So the prithivi, the Earth, which has been converted into the flower, is transformed. That again in the form of the pollen, when it touches the nostrils, then only I can smell. So Prithivi is linked with Gandha. So all these five elements actually speaks of five perceptions. So these perceptions come once the prana, the mana, the indriya, they have evolved, then these five types of perceptions is possible. This five type of perception, which is sustaining, which supports everything. The entire creation is nothing but this five type of senses. The world which we see is nothing but these five sensations. Beyond these five sensations, we know nothing of this world. So the entire world is prapancha, prakrishta rupena pancha. There's all these five senses intermingles to create this wonderful panorama called universe. So what actually it is speaking of? It's speaking how the, the absolute reality, the Brahman, the non-dual Brahman appears as the individual being and through the individual being experiences the universe. It appears as the individual being and as an individual being, it experiences the universe. It's not that the universe is out there which you are experiencing, It is something, the conscious principle, which is the substratum of your existence, the core of your being. Because of that, the entire creation is projected from within, without. It is not that the creation is outside, which you are perceiving. The creation is something which is emanating from that absolute reality. How it is that even with the explanation of the with the help of the modern neurology, we can understand. It's not something, speaking something for for which uh, we have to 
just resort to some that some mystical experience with the help of the modern neurological finding we can very uh, clearly understand what has been spoken of here that first let us resort to the vedanta's way of evolution as has been spoken of what's that that the absolute reality the brahman because of its association with maya appears as the cosmic mind which has been spoken of as hiranyagarbha or brahma from that evolves five sukshma bhuta the primal matter so what is this primal matter it's not something the real matter which is been spoken of which is outside that's the sub atom sometimes we find many will be translating the primal matter as sub atomic particles no it's not being explained from outside uh, what is there you have to understand from within this primal matter what it is actually this pancha bhuta is this pancha sukshma bhuta it speaks of the piecemeal perceptions the concept of the piecemeal perceptions which is already there in my mind my mind is never vacant if my mind was vacant i would have never known anything all the informations are stored within the external world is just a is an occasion is a suggestion which in kindles which there's what all the things which are hidden in the mind in the potential form it manifests the world external world acts as a suggestion and it manifests that example which we give again and again to understand this 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 pancha sukshma bhuta what it is that the concept of the colors say the red redness it is there in my mind it is already there the particular fragrance of a flower that concept of that fragrance is already there in my mind the smoothness of the flower the touch i have that concept already within my mind when i am in deep sleep my mind is not vacant all those concepts are lying there hidden in potential form when i wake up open my eyes what happens i see a flower which has bloomed in my garden a red rose the redness its fragrance if all these piecemeal perceptions now because of the red rose these suggestions enkindles the all those concepts which are already in my mind the concept of redness gets enkindled the concept of that particular fragrance gets enkindled and they all synthesize together conglomerate together to give you the perception of that wonderful fragrant red rose so they say that in our vedanta they say the pancha sukshma bhuta it's the entire this nature is trigunatmika sattva raja tama that it is having three gunas sattva speaks of illumination rajas of action and tamas speaks of darkness or inertia so this what happened that how i saw the red flower the all the concepts when i was sleeping was there hidden in my mind when i wake up i see the flower the pancha gyanendriyas the eyes the ears the nose the test the tongue and the skin these are pure sattva why pure sattva because they can illumine they in no way can act with the eyes you cannot act so as it is uh, this five gyanendriyas are responsible for purely illumination so that's why they say they are vishuddha sattva so through the eyes what is happening in my mind the mind is misrita there all the three gunas are mixed up first they were in tamas in darkness all the concepts when i was sleeping when i wake up what happens that the redness the fragrance all those 
piecemeal perceptions conglomerate piecemeal perceptions of the sukshma bhutas they conglomerate this panchikrita this panchikarana happens to give you the feeling of the red flower so the red flower is illumined so with the mind i see the red flower and then what happens the karmendriya comes into picture as per my temperament i move out to pluck the flower and offer it to the divine or to decorate my room whatever is my temperament i do that so this pancha karmendriya speaks of shuddha rajas the stimuli is getting converted into response in the form of action rajas speaks of action so the tamas got mutated into sattva sattva gets mutated into rajas so this mutation is constantly happening so now you will understand when vedanta says that brahman by its association with appear maya appears as the brahma or hirana garbha and from that the pancha sukshma bhuta emanates which is having the sattva raja and tamatri components and from the sattvic component emanates the five gyanendriyas the organs of perception the eyes the ears the nose the taste and the skin for the touch these emanates and the mind which is the misrita where all these uh, interactions are happening so that even emanates and from the rajas aspect of it the five karmendriyas emanates and the prana is the misrita again the vitality it's only when the perception has happened then only the response uh, after that it follows so this prana is also misrita the prana the response emanates after the illumination has happened and how this has all happened the pancha sukshma bhuta because of the synthesis of all the piecemeal perceptions the synthesis of the piecemeal perceptions is the panchikarana which results in the pancha sthula bhuta whatever i see so the enter creation is actually projection as we have told again and again that the redness is not in the flower it is just a particular wavelength of light which stimulates my mind to project that red color and envelop that flower to give me a feeling that the flower is red so every all the perceptions are the projection so that's what the idea of the vedanta is that the brahman ultimate reality through the individual being first it is finding expression as this individual being and through the individual being it is projecting out the entire creation so so that's being after saying that it is a prana amana here in this shloka in this mantra it is indicating how just as in the computer what happens the computer if you go to the cpu the central processing unit the cpu it has lot of ic chips integrated circuits it is just like a dead log wood if after 1000 years when the this all the civilization if it so happens that it has destroyed and the human beings have again gone back gone back to the primitive stage if we think that because of some say world war everything has been destroyed now when they somehow by chance by while digging find out these chips they will think it's to be something dead it has no utility they don't know that if the electric current as the bias voltage passes through it what a wonderful world of virtual reality can be projected out of it so similarly that our entire individual being is like with the, with the mind and with the sense organs and with the organs of action and organs of uh, perception this entire unit is just like that computer which has to be activated by the bias voltage then only the world of virtual reality emanates out of it the current itself is a prana amana but when the moment it comes in association with the cpu the wonderful thing happens so that's being the spoken of here in the third mantra it is that ultimate reality which in in it in by coming in association with the maya 
it projects as this universe. It is the same non-dual reality, which is finding expression as the individual being and through the individual being as the entire universe. Etasmat jayate prana mana sarvendriyanicha. From that khang vayu jyoti apa prathivi vishwasya dharani. The entire creation is which is supported by our perceptions. Beyond the perceptions, the creation is not there. See, all this is being supported by whom? By that ultimate reality, from whom the entire projection has happened. So unless uh, the conscious principle is there, everything is just like dead. It is something dead matter. The, everything gets enlivened only when that the conscious principle is behind them. They all get associated with the conscious principle. So all these mantras is not just meant for some uh, academic purpose, just for some conceptual knowledge. There is some utility when we study these mantras. What's the utility? That whatever experiences which we are going through in this life, they are constantly flowing, changing. We get identified and we suffer. We say it is good experience, it is bad experience, it is painful experience, it is joyful experience. And we get identified with them and we suffer. If we are always aware of the fact that I am not this projection, this projection just the way to enjoy, I resort to some, I take some, I use some projector to project some movie on the screen, sit and enjoy. The movie may be a tragedy, movie it may be a tra- that may be a tragedy, it may be some joyous movie, whatever it may be, I enjoy. Because it is, I know it's a projection, just for my entertainment, I am watching it. So the entire Vedanta actually is indicating that. But when it is speaking of all these details, sometimes you will find the details are not totally correct. There may be some uh, mistake as per our modern findings are concerned. But that's not the main, uh, that's the point which have to, uh, we have to consider. What we have to consider is that the basic principle which it is speaking of, the details, there may be some mistake in the details, but the basic principle what it is speaking of, that we are something eternal, not as the limited individuality with which I am identified, or with the experiences which this limited individuality is going through. I'm not eternal as that. They're flowing, they're changing. But the one in whose association this the entire panorama comes into existence as just as the way the virtual reality comes into existence because of that bias voltage. I am that. That never changes. That is always there through eternity. Nothing can affect it. Everything is a mere projection. So the more I can be identified with that, Akshara, the thing which is not changing, which is always there, which is the real me, the entire, the, all the, the entire world with all its joys and suffering, with all the dualities, loses its the power to affect me. That it's not that that most of us resort to religion with a total mistaken attitude. What's that? That God is there to take care of my life in what way? By removing the obstacles, the difficulties. This world as if is the be all and end all of my existence. I want this world minus all its suffering. And for that, God is the means. If as long as we can never, we cannot go out of this type of mental orientation, spirituality at last we will find is not giving us any permanent solace. 
maybe for the time being my prayers may do be answered maybe answered but we forget the basic thing that for a part, for my sickness i have i was i prayed to god and suddenly in a miraculous way i was cured i forget am am i going am i cured for eternity yes for the time being i have been cured but again disease death everything is waiting for me i cannot avoid that so these are just mere patchworks by prayer to get rid of the suffering is just a mere patchwork it may give me a temporary solace but it's not a permanent thing the permanent thing from which we are hiding our face is that the world is a flow the joys the suffering nothing remains permanently it's constantly flowing i shouldn't be trying to get hold of the flow but when happiness is there it is not possible what i have to do I have to transcend that the more and more i get identified with the real me which is not changing which is beyond all attributes which is in its eternal present the more i am at peace with myself so these shlokas these mantras these elaborations are there if i just say that you are the conscious principle what you see and what you perceive and what you react as per your perceptions these are not real so immediately uh, i will feel that what has been told has uh, serves no meaning so it needs some explanation so that once that exp- uh, through those explanation i can get that idea that i am the conscious principle everything is a projection once i get that idea then it becomes easy for me i get motivated to disassociate myself from this panorama and associate identify more and more with the core of my existence and remain unaffected from all the dualities which i see in this world so that's why all this has been spoken of it's not just for some conceptual knowledge for academic purpose for theological purpose it is a theology but behind that the real purpose is to develop that attitude that orientation by which i can transcend all the dualities of life so now let us proceed to the next mantra the fourth mantra what it is that the, the now we in a very quick synopsis the first mantra states that the individual beings are part of the cosmic mind the second mantra states that the brahman is a substratum behind the cosmic mind as well as the individual minds as individual beings is a substratum the third mantra which we just now studied it states how the brahman is projected as the individual beings and through the individual beings as the entire universe the fourth mantra will now speak of how brahman is projected as the virat as the collective whole which speaks of the entire creation his permit that just the way when i see a huge reservoir when i'm passing through the desert it's actually mirage what that mirage is each and every drop of water of the mirage is nothing but the desert isn't it the desert is projected as the mirage so the entire mirage is pervaded by the desert when i see a snake in a rope the entire snake is pervaded by the rope so similarly the fourth mantra will speak that the brahman which is projected as the universe the entire universe is pervaded by that brahman the thing which is being superimposed that pervades that's that's the way the rope uh, is pervading the snake which i am seeing it is not actually the snake as it is superimposed so the rope pervades the entire snake the desert pervades the entire reservoir the mirage which i am seeing similarly brahman pervades the entire creation that has been spoken of poetically in the next mantra what it speaks the fourth mantra of the first chapter of the second part of mundaka upanishad
अग्नि मूर्धा चाक्षुषी चंद्र सूर्य दिशा स्रोत्रे वाक विवृता च वेदा वायु प्राणो हृदय विश्व विश्वमस्य पद्भ्यां पृथ्वी ही एष सर्वभूतांतरात्मा अग्नि मूर्धा चाक्षुषी चंद्र सूर्य अग्नि स्पीक्स ऑफ द इल्यूमिन स्पेस द इल्यूमिन स्पेस इज इट्स हेड एज द आइडिया ऑफ द एंटायर क्रिएशन बींग परवेडेड बाय द ब्रह्मन सो टू एक्सप्लेन दैट इट इज रिजॉर्डिंग टू ए सिमिली वेयर द एंटायर क्रिएशन इज एज इफ ए पर्सन हुज हेड is the illumined space and his two eyes are the sun and the moon agni murdha murdha is that and there's the head agni means the illumined space of which the chandra and the surya are the two eyes and then the quarters his ears the through the years we hear as we were telling the space it is through the space that the sound traverses so the quarters the space is his ears the quarters are his ears the quarters means the east the west the north the south the northeast the northwest the southeast the southwest is this is eight disha and urdha adha top bottom it speaks of the space this ambar in this the entire space is spoken of as the years disha srotre vak vivrita cha veda the revealed vedas are his speech the revealed the vivrita veda this is a very significant word the revealed vedas what it means the vedas are without beginning anadi it is eternal it is not that someone is the author of the vedas it is a purusha that is you cannot ascribe any human authorship to the vedas so what actually it means sometimes we feel that is these are all poetic words which has no real uh, factual man uh, say factual uh, 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 the factual or correct uh, Uh, information that when i say that the vedas are apaurushya how can it be but we have to understand it in its correct sense actually any knowledge is apaurushya the gravitation before newton discovered gravitation was the gravitation not there it is apaurushya it was there Newton discovered it. The word "discover" means what? Discover to remove the covering. That there was ignorance about the laws of gravitation. About gravitation, Newton discovered, removed that covering of that ignorance. So the rishis who actually have written these mantras, they were humble enough to say, "I have not written." they are vedas the, the word veda came from vid dhatu in sanskrit vid means to know the vid dhatu is the verbal root means to know and veda means encyclopedia of knowledge or knowledge the knowledge vid means to know veda is knowledge so all knowledge is apurushya it is there it is anadi as as long as the creation is there it is there it is eternal the rishis like the scientists the rishis are the scientists who have discovered these eternal laws and just written it down so someone has of course written the mantras of the vedas but the real knowledge behind that is something which is revealed which has been revealed which is eternal so all the revealed vedas are the speech of that ultimate reality the brahman so just you will find these words are so significant to this vivrita veda the revealed vedas vayu pranah hridayam vishvam asya 
the vayu is the prana the wind is this breath so just to uh give that feeling that the entire creation is pervaded by brahman so it is taking the entire creation as a person just as a person has to breathe so here also that the ultimate reality as the entire universe as a person he has to breathe so the wind is the breath the entire universe is his heart hridayam vishwamasya so here heart means actually the mind that this tangible universe is the modification of the mind as in the last mantra we were discussing the entire universe is the modification of the mind it is not perceived in deep sleep because all the informations are hidden there it then disappears into the mind it's all when i am in deep sleep it is all hidden in the mind it's only when i wake up all the tangible forms are produced from the mind projected from the mind so here of course the mind refers to the cosmic mind it is not the individual mind the entire vishwa which i am seeing it is hidden in the heart of that cosmic purusha virata purusha from which it has emanated just the way from my mind the universe is emanated when i wake up similarly from the that virata purusha the entire creation has emanated from its heart heart here means the mind but bhyam prithiving from his feet is produced the earth and he is indeed he esha sarva bhutantaratma he is indeed the inner self of all beings he esha sarva bhuta antaratma so this is also very important that when i see my watch is ticking i may have a i have a feeling that there is no one who is moving the watch it is as if moving by itself first it may appear like that and then i know that someone has manufactured that watch and he has uh, kept a battery inside it and now it is moving so what it gives an idea by seeing the movement of the watch that someone outside the watch is its maker though at present it is not in touch with it but someone who is apart from the watch has made it similarly seeing the universe we may have an idea that the creature that the creator is something who is trans who transcends the universe who has created he is not the universe but he is something separate from it he is extraterrestrial so to negate that idea that he is not extraterrestrial he is immanent he is within the creation he is pervading the creation as that example which we were giving when i see the mirage in the desert the entire mirage that huge reservoir which i see is permeated is pervaded by the desert if the desert is not there immediately it falls off when i go to the niagara falls and see the rainbow that it is the niagara falls which is being projected as the rainbow if the niagara falls dries off there is no rainbow so the end, the rainbow is actually permeated by the falls so similarly the ultimate reality the brahman is permeating from him that thing is projected so he pervades the entire creation he is not something apart from it he is in net tat srishtva tat evanu pravishat after creating he has as if entered into it so that's what in the upanishads they say so he is indeed the inner self of all beings brahman though transcends creation is not extraterrestrial he is immanent creation is not like a watch which though appears to run on its own it has been manufactured by someone it is not running by own but uh, this creation is not like that brahman is the inner driver he is within all of us sitting within as as if driving us he is the inner driver of all entire creation of all beings so that's the idea when it is behind the this phrase he esha sarva bhutantaratma so now the question comes how living beings evolve from brahman so that will be described in the next mantra that 
individual that now what we will do, uh, the, uh, these mantras will do in a poetical way, in a succession of mantras, it will go on discussing that how we came out from Brahman and after coming out from Brahman, the universe which we see, that also is Brahman. All our aspirations, all the aspirations which we have, that also, behind that aspiration, the force behind it is the Brahman. Behind, because of our aspirations, the various states of existence which, uh, which we attain, that by that even in this life, by hard endeavor, if I become a rich man, all the riches which I have attained, or the state of existence which I have attained, that also is Brahman. So everything what I see is nothing but Brahman and Brahman alone. The entire the creation being projected from that is Brahman and Brahman alone. So first, how the individual beings come into existence, that is being described in the fifth mantra. Let us read and then we will uh, go to the explanation, the discussion. Tasmat agnihi samidho yasya surya somat parjanya oshadhaya prathivyam puman retah sinchati yoshitayam bauhi prajaha purushat samprasuta So from him comes the fire whose fuel is the sun. Tasmat agnis samidho yasya surya. The fire is because of the sun. We can think of fire. Somat parjanya oshadhaya prathivyam. So in the Vedas, the Karmakanda, the, all the fire sacrifices. The fire sacrifices, the, the, the idea was that through the sacrifice, all the oblations which we offer, that results in rain. Literally, if we take that way, yes, of course, there is a science behind it. But the real meaning of the word yagya, as has been spoken of in the Bhagavad Gita, is interdependence. The entire creation is not something where anything can stand by itself as a discrete unit. Everything is interdependent. Just if you look at a plant, if you have the eyes, real eyes to see, you can see the entire universe in that plant. If, if I just seeing a sapling, I can see the sun, I can see the stars, I can see the entire universe. How? For the sapling to grow, the earth is required, the soil is required. So now this soil, again, how this soil is, uh, uh, has, uh, is there, unless some living matter decomposes, there cannot be soil. It's a decomposition of some plant which has been converted into soil. So in the soil, if I can uh, have that proper vision, when seeing the soil, just uh, when Krishna took a lump of clay, Mother Yashoda, while trying to pick it out, just bring it out, saw the entire universe in that lump of soil. How is it possible? That if we have the eyes of Yashoda, we can also see the entire creation in that lump of soil. That where the soil is, the plants must be there because the plants decomposed and then only this, the soil came into existence. Where the plant is, the sun must be there. Without sun, there cannot be plant. Where the plant is, it has to take water and minerals from the soil to grow. That's its food. Now all the minerals which it is extracting, which it is taking from the soil, not a single mineral has been created in this earth. It is all the product of the star dust. In some star, these all the minerals in the furnace of the star, all these minerals were produced, all these metals were produced. This in the earth, in the soil, they are the thing which 
which is per, which is permeating the soil. So it is when it is taking that all those minerals, it actually speaks of what I can if I have the eyes to see, I can see the sun, I can see the stars, I can see the entire cosmos in that plant. So everything is interdependent. So yagya here, if I take in that sense, the soma doesn't means ordinary oblation in the fire. Soma is literally means oblation. So here actually what it means, that it means that, you know, if the plants were not there, there wouldn't be rain. Three-fourths of the rain is because of the plants, the water which is trans, because of the transpiration. It sucks the underground water and because of the sun, the transpiration is there, which takes the water vapor up in the sky to form the clouds. So this, if you take this interdependence, now the idea will become very clear that Surya as the fuel and Somat, this, the water which has been sucked by the plant and is evaporated because of the process of this transpiration is the results in the Parjanya, the cloud. The cloud comes back as rain, which results in Oshadhaya, the herbs, by eating which all the creation, creation is being sustained and the creation opens all the living beings, other living beings. Other living beings constitutes of male and female and for the progeny to have progeny, both the male and female, both are required. So that's being indicated in this. So there are the five fires which has been spoken of in the Chandogya Upanishad, which results in creation, is been spoken of here in this mantra. The fire, the sun is the first fire, and then this oblations, the soma is the second fire, herbs, the all the vegetation is the third fire, and the male and female components of all the living beings which are moving on this earth, the fauna, the flora speaks of the Oshadhaya and the male and female aspects of the fauna speaks of the Puman and Yoshita. So these five fires at last results in the individual being. And behind all the five fires, it is the same Brahman alone, which is finding expression as these five fires. So the living beings evolve from Brahman in this sequence, which has been described as the five fires. From the sun, the plants can grow only because of the sun. From the plants, the clouds, from the clouds again, results in the vegetation. The vegetation results in sustenance of the entire creation. And once the sustenance is, there, is possible, then only procreation is possible. And that's how the creation has came into being. So behind this entire creation again is the Brahman and Brahman alone, who is the ultimate cause, which is finding expression as this entire creation. So all these mantras, as we told, is a bit allegorical, a bit poetical. But the basic thing is that whatever I see, the entire phenomena is nothing but Brahman and Brahman alone. So in those days, whatever was available for them as an example, they're taking to explain that this projection, which ultimately is nothing but Brahman and Brahman alone. So the sixth mantra also will speak of that once the individual being is there, now he has a lot of aspirations. With those aspirations, he will be reaching various states of existence, various locus, either in this world or in the next world. And these all various locus, these aspirations, and for the aspirations, all the knowledge which he is resorting to, they all are nothing but the projection of Brahman. So this chapter actually indicates that, that whatever you see, Whatever you do is nothing but Brahman and Brahman alone. As we read in the, in the Bhagavad Gita, we have read that sloka, Brahmaharpanam Brahmahavi, Brahmagnau Brahmanahutam, 
Brahmaivatena Gantavyam, Brahma Karma Samadhina. This all these mantras actually indicates that that if you can see the Brahman behind all the behind all the panorama, behind all the existence, then you attain Brahman. Then means throughout your life you perceive Brahman, perceiving Brahman, whatever you do, you do as an offering to the Brahman. If you can always be conscious of that ultimate reality, which is the substratum in the entire existence, then at last you become one with Brahman. So Brahman alone is attained by him who sees Brahman in action. Brahmaivatena gantavyam, Brahma karma samadhina. So this idea, to bring home this idea, all these examples, all these allegories, all these similes, the Upanishad is resorting to. So we will go through them to do proper justice to the Upanishad. So we will continue with the remaining mantras of this chapter to, to get established in this idea that after all it is a Brahman and Brahman alone, which is the imperishable existence. So <clears throat> the question of getting identified with the panorama and suffer out of ignorance and to suffer out of ignorance can be annihilated. That suffering can be annihilated. So with this, we stop our discussion today. Thank you all. Namaskar.